630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. Daryl, over the past five minutes, uh, we've actually been laughing and being jovial and having the greatest time mm-hmm. talking about the weather. What is wrong with us? Because <laughs> sometimes when you live in this environment, you just got to laugh. Yeah, uh, we and and we have uh, a good friend in studio as well talking about dispelling some of the myths of wind chill and is it too cold to snow and what's the coldest on record uh, here in Edmonton and we're not even close to how cold it's been in this city but people who have been here a while already know that. We've got uh, Ellen Nursall in studio with us, scientist, uh, TV personality, retired head of the TELUS World of Science and he has a master's in meteorology and as he mentioned just before we went to air, he's a PhD dropout. Yeah, way to so, go. Way sorry, to go, slacker. Sorry guys, sorry but, team. But, I really but, let us down but you're there. still an Uber <laughs> So we're really happy that you could join us to talk weather today. Well, what else is anybody talking about? Because, exactly. because I mean, we spent the past two and a half months talking about warmth. Mm. Let's talk about cold because that we're supposed to talk about in the in the winter. And yeah, it's seriously cold out there. Yep. That's why I had to come to the studio to experience the cold to sort of remember what it was like. Yeah, that's what I told you anyway <laughs> when I told you to come on. Yeah, yeah, you have, you have to be. <laughs> so how was your drive? Is it cold? How are you? Are you okay? Did you make it through? Any frostbite? You safe? No, no, I, I made it just... I mean, just fine, right. and uh, and I think the the we we all know this intuitively. We all should be sort of saying thank you for the weather we've had the past couple oh, of months because it's been it's been great. But it's but it's uh, it's so strange, so unusual. Like December was about eight degrees above normal, which is mm-hmm. which is insane. That's that right. sort of deviation from from uh, the average temperatures is is crazy. But I think uh, most people would agree that this is the norm. Oh, this uh, is, the yeah. last couple of months are the abnorm. Like, you know, November and December were completely anomalous. They were just they were just weirdo months, and I'm not sure. I looked, I couldn't find uh, a record of it, but I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first time Edmonton has had a green Christmas and recorded in, in or brown, records. brown, red, brown. <laughs> Zero snow on the ground, and we had no snow at all in November, and basically none in December as well. You're right. You're right. Well, you have a you have a bunch of sheets in front of you with numbers on it. Like you're let's really geeking about, out, Alan. So where, where do you want to go? About where Edmonton gets cold? Because because some of us are old. Some of us of a certain generation remember the last big cold snap. And I just want to put our little cold snap. This is a cute little cold snap. This is one right now. <laughs> Adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> but but in nineteen January of nineteen sixty nine, mm-hmm. that's the one that old folks like me want to remember and reminisce about. Uh, from January seventh to February first, the temperature never went above zero Fahrenheit. Those were back in Fahrenheit days, which is minus eighteen Celsius. So the wow. war, in that in that three and a half week stretch. The warmest temperature we experienced was what we have right now. That was the warmest. Coldest was right around pushing minus forty, uh, some overnight lows. So yeah. we had this. We had this one period. And you look at the. You look at those numbers from uh, from um, fifty years ago, and it's just uh, it's just extraordinary how cold it really was. And we don't do that much anymore. We, we're more int- we're more worried about green Christmases than we are about uh, exceptional cold. Can you talk about the cumulative effect of that long term? It's one thing to hit this cute, adorable little cold 
cold snap. Uh, it's going to have an impact. But to be that cold for that long, that consistently, what does that do to to infrastructure, to, to the ground, to the plants, to the animals? Well, the infrastructure is not really built for quite that sort of uh, chill. And yeah. it's hard on everybody. It's hard on infrastructure. It's hard on plumbing. And it's hard on the animals, too. Um, the one thing the animals need, maybe more than anything else in the winter, uh, is they need snow. They need mm. snow, and, and that's one of the reasons why we're, you know, sort of worried on the on the ecological side for the November December uh, temperatures because snow gives insulation. It's it's what shields the animals, big and small. Whether you're a coyote or a squirrel, snow gives you some insulation against the minus thirty. It really can be a blanket. It's it's the, the best way to think of it. It's just like it's just like a blanket, and the uh, the animals really require that. And of course, then the whole other issue about about just getting water in the ground for uh, farmers and so on, you know. So so we depend on snow. So it's really really good to finally see some snow out there, and uh, and it's really great when you. Is it great. enough though? Oh, for no. the animals? No no no. Obviously we, not for the farmers, but we need we need uh, a good we need a good uh, um, addition to the snowfall that we've got. And so, so it's 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 you know it's good to see winters back, but but we were just talking about what you know the 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 calendar definition of winter. If you're a meteorologist, winter is December, January, February. Those are the three coldest months. So we're kind of halfway through January. We're already halfway through the winter. It's the, the you know the first significant snowfall. Uh, we're halfway through, so winter's going to feel like a little blip this okay. year. It's just going to—it'll be gone before we know it. So, yeah. okay, we're writing that down. And we're going to hold you to that because <laughs> well, you're, you're the science guy. March, April, just around the corner. Yep. Be here in a, it, in a it is. The days are getting longer. You can feel the heat from the sun just beating down on us. I did notice that the days were getting longer. All right, let's dispel some myths, Alan. Okay. Uh, let's talk about wind chill okay. and how it affects. Uh, humans versus inanimate objects. Does those, it affect cars and, and those sort of things? Those who know me know that I have a big problem with wind chill. If I never heard about wind chill again, I would not worry about okay. it. Okay. Because for a couple of reasons. One is wind chill tends to get used as the temperature. Yes. And it's not the temperature. I think, you know. No, it's minus 40. Well, that's, that's wind chill. <laughs> that's yes. different. And so, so we we kind of fall into the habit of saying what's the temperature well it's minus 39 with the wind no the temperature is like minus 28 or whatever it happens to be and uh um T- tmi my i think my ex-wife used to do this just to torment me I'd say, <laughs> I'd say, and that's why she's the ex i'd say what's the temperature and she'd say well it's it's uh, minus 19 with the wind no What's the temperature? But there, there is some value in this because now, it is more dangerous than the yes. winds just ripping at you. Yes, absolutely. And it's not that the wind chill isn't real. It's that people turn it into the temperature. And it's not the temperature. The temperature, there's only one temperature. Yeah. And then there's then the wind. When you move air over a warm object like a human body, what it does is it helps that body shed heat. It helps remove heat from the the warm object like a human body it makes you feel colder it's, it's real absolutely you gotta you gotta bundle up against it you're much better outside on a still day than you are on a windy day it makes you feel colder now the other not just feel it'll cause frostbite faster yes but, can see yes okay well it's not gonna it's not gonna help put it that way okay and it's gonna i mean you're gonna the bigger the bigger fear is just loss of heat you just lose you just lose heat faster so it's you get chilled faster that's Mm -hmm. why they call the wind chill um you asked about about starting your car in the morning you gotta have all the wind in the world 
and it doesn't matter about starting your car. Because the, in order for the wind to cool things down, the object has to be warmer than the air. So when, it, when your car, when you go, walk outside to your car and it's minus 25 with a wind chill factor of minus 35, to your car, it's minus 25. It's still cold. Okay. But the wind does not um, make it harder to start the car, unless the wind's blowing snow into the engine compartment or something like that. Okay. But and that, that goes the same as trees. You know, we talk yeah. about the pine beetles and how it has to be a certain temperature. That actually has to be the real temperature, it's, not with the wind chill. Yeah. And, for, and, and there's a really important lesson in there is that it's the, at the end of the day, it's, it's almost always the temperature that's important. Mm-hmm. That's the critical thing. The wind chill is a nice little thing. And you know what? We know when it's windy. It's going to be feel. It's going to feel colder. Brutal. Yeah. Um, and and bundle up against the wind. Absolutely. But when you're talking to me, just tell me the temperature. Okay. <laughs> or, or, or he's going to file divorce yeah, papers. We're going to take a bit of a break here. You can stick around, obviously, because you don't want to go back into the cold. So you're probably yeah. going to be here all okay. morning long. Um, and we also want to ask you: Is it too cold to snow, or, or are there times where it's just, it's just too darn cold and nothing's fallen from the sky. We're going to ask uh, Alan Nursall after this. Nursall is, uh, is joining us for chatting all things weather. One more quick thing just on the, the whole wind chill and the vehicles and stuff. Once the vehicle is starting, to, it's harder for it to stay warm. So anything that has heat, the wind will help to take that heat away. So that will impact your vehicle. Absolutely. But and not the actual cold start. Not yeah, the, okay. the cold start. You're just, it, the temperature is what's important. And of course, and you know, engines keep cool by moving air across them. They've got radiators mm-hmm. and things like that. When it gets hot, important. Yeah. Uh, we had Jean uh, text us uh, this certificate from the Edmonton Journal, and you talked about uh, 1969 and the, yeah. and the real, real cold snap. This is just a baby little sweet cord snap that we're in. In uh, 1969, it was significant, and the Edmonton Journal provided certificates saying, I was there. I lived through this cold Made snap. It. You actually got one of these, too. My brother got one. I was 11 through this. I, rem- I, remember, I remember the event. I don't remember the details, and I remember the certificate. So how cold has it ever been in Edmonton. What's the coldest? Coldest temperature ever recorded in Edmonton. Got to go all the way back to 1886. Twice in January of 1886. Minus 49.4. Is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? That's Celsius. Yes. So um, they would have been measuring in Fahrenheit back then. It would be probably close to minus 60 Fahrenheit. Oh, so how accurate were they back in the late 1800s with temperature measurement? Well, thermometers are pretty straightforward devices. You got to trust them. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's the coldest in Edmonton. What about Canada overall? Okay, the coldest Canada, ever in the Great White North. Coldest in Canada and also coldest in North America. The coldest temperature ever recorded in North America is in the Yukon Territory. Uh-huh. Snag, the mm-hmm. th- thriving metropolis of <laughs> Snag. On February 3rd, 1947, they hit minus 63.0 Celsius, which would have been in the minus 80s wow. Fahrenheit. And that's wow. not wind chill. <laughs> No, that's just... <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot attest now. to the, uh, the wind chill that was... Uh, yeah, no, blast, around the end. that'd be brutal. Oh, <laughs> oh it would be. Yeah, no, terrible. Um, let's talk about uh, some myths. Let's dispel more myths. Let's talk about, is it ever too cold to snow? It sometimes feels like it should be, but, it, but the answer is no. There's always a little bit of moisture in the air, and the colder it gets, 
the less snow you're going to get in a in a snowfall you might just get uh, some nice little ice crystals falling out of the sky but there's always there's always the opportunity for a little bit of precipitation to form but if you want if you want the good old fashioned blizzards you want to be up closer mm. to zero get a lot more get a lot more snowfall uh um, when the temperature is warmer, but it is never too cold to snow. Because it is kind of, what, what would you describe what's happening right now outside? Is is that the crystals? Because they look kind of shiny, and, or is this actual snow? I didn't really even see any crystals outside there no. when I drove in. <laughs> well, we drove in uh, two yeah. different times. <clears throat> well, it might have been it's more of like a haze outside yeah. as opposed to a significant yeah. snowfall. Yeah, and it's, it's there's you get you get uh, ice fog. A little bit. We're a little warm for ice fog. Ice fog tends to form. Uh, or warm. Yes, it's it's. Uh, um, around minus 35 or below for ice fog. And that's when you get ice crystals sort of forming in the air, like fog, but instead of, you know, regular fog is little water droplets, um, ice fog is ice crystals. Now, the little random story, when I was a PhD, no, I was a master's student, there was a fellow who was a PhD student, and his thesis, his work, his research was on ice fog, mm. which meant the only time he could go out in the field was like five in the morning when it was minus 35. So it's Somebody made a bad choice. <laughs> really, I'm thinking, <laughs> there's got to be something else you could research besides ice fog. Isn't it, isn't it fun how people love to talk about the weather? And it's just because it's that shared experience. Just like the, the thing that the journal put out, we survived. We want to stand on the mountain and say, yes, we are the hardiest of all individuals, for we live in this, this harsh, forsaken land, and yet we thrive. <laughs> Oh, that's so touching. That's brilliant. Did, was that Churchill who said that? Sure. No, that was me. <laughs> that, was, that was a just in that, that moment. Entire uh, original. <laughs> the, one of the and one of the really cool things to to uh, about this this cold snap in Edmonton. There's temperatures measured in central Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. There's temperatures measured at the international airport. Mm-hmm. And the international airport during this cold snap back in January 69, it was way colder. These temperatures on the certificate were from the city center airport, the industrial yeah. airport. Yeah. The temperatures at at the international airport were another five to six degrees Celsius colder. Mm-hmm. It was really, I mean, it's, I, I don't know how anybody functions. So the city time. provides heat. <clears throat> this, yes. The city is, there's, there's a well-established um, phenomenon called the urban heat island. Uh, and so running our cars and our buildings and just all the people around doing all that activity generates heat and, uh, and keeps the city a little bit warmer than uh, the outlying areas. And that's why, you know, the, the, the farmers out in Parkland mm-hmm. and Strathcona County, they're looking at their thermometers and they're probably seeing a couple of degrees colder yeah. than we are here in the... I live in Parkland County and trust me, I know that. <laughs> I always do the and in outlying regions, you're hooped. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially if you've got a pond or a lake, if you're by a pond or a lake, lakes are low-lying areas. It's where the water gathers and cold air gathers in in those depressions as well. So be, right beside a lake, where at the lowest spot, you might again feel temperatures a couple of degrees colder yeah. than uh, than around. Um, <clears throat> and so it's so there's 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 no sort of single temperature that works that sits for everybody. There's there's 
fascinating microclimate. Yeah. Well, someday we'll talk about microclimatology, which okay. is a whole other... Oh, I, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> and you said that January's the coldest, and then December, and yeah. then February. So yes. we only have the third coldest month ahead of us after That's we right. get through January, it's right? Nothing. We can do this, Edmonton. We can do this. It's nothing to ask survivors. Here, one more on that. Uh, someone else said, yes, we, we, we live in this godforsaken land, and we survive until we get the utility bill, and we want to cry. <laughs> yeah. And somebody else texted in saying, yesterday was my birthday, turned 55. I was born in 19... 1969, so one of the right. most latest really, really cold snaps. And my mom told me it was minus 50 the day I was born. With wind chill. I'm going to see you on the street and ask you about the wind chill. And it's like plus 17. Hey, it's wind chill out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're in trouble. You said that on the air. All right. Thanks, Alan, for coming so. in. It's been, oh. it's been lots of fun. Microclimate next. <laughs>